to the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Ben Pritchard, and welcome to this week's episode of the Construction Big Breakfast. Today, we're gonna be diving into uh, the topic of resilience, uh, what that means for companies in uh, construction, Um, And joining me today uh, is our special guest, Tim Whitehall, who has been researching this topic for a number of years. Uh, So welcome to the podcast, Tim. Uh, Can you give uh, our listeners and viewers a little introduction to yourself and sort of what you're doing in terms of researching the topic? Yeah, uh, thanks, Ben. Uh, it's um, Tim Whitehill, so not Tim Whitehill. Sorry. Just <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and I've been looking at organisational resilience as a, as a topic in the construction sector for about four or five years now. Um, as you know, I um, wrote a report with, with Construction Excellence, um, which um, highlighted the agenda for construction. It was around the same time as the Carillion collapse, yeah. so it, you know, it was a topic that came... Um, that just surfaced at, at the right moment in time. And yes, I'm doing further research around that um, with Liverpool John Moores University, where I'm, I'm, I'm studying for a doctorate in my own um, sense, but also just exposing this subject for, for the industry. So like you, like you int- uh, alluded to, it's looking at construction sectors, how companies can um, understand resilience and build resilience um, so at some point next year, am I going to have to say uh, Dr. Tim next time I see you? Uh, my target is 2023. 2023. Uh, okay. I turn 50 in 2023, so that's my target. That's your target. Yeah. Um, so Tim, as we mentioned, and as all we've joked about slightly already, um, a question we ask all our guests, it's the most important question of every podcast, is what did you have for breakfast today? I had um, a super granola bar bought at cruise station um, to get down on the train here. Yeah, and uh, more than that. no, 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 and I and I, I'm terrible. I, I think every podcast I do, I introduce this bit with. I, I was planning on doing something more interesting, but and the but this morning was I got an early train, so I was leaving the house at six in the morning, and you know there's no chance you know don't wake the dog up, never mind the kids and the wife. Yeah. Uh, so I had a latte and a lime bar uh, bought at Greg's. So <laughs> nothing I'm very exciting. Wow. Yeah. Well, I feel like because it's you know full of you know, nougat and nuts, it's a slightly more. Uh, healthy than a Mars bar, but I, I, I know deep down I'm uh, kidding myself. Um, right, so on to more uh, important topics. Like you say, organisation, uh, organisational resilience. Uh, and you're right, the report that you wrote for CE, I remember it coming out and it was just so topical. It was sort of almost perfect timing because of everything that happened uh, with um, uh, with Carillion. Um, but I guess your background for a number of years now has been in more management consultancy. So it was something that you saw a lot of organisations not paying attention to, a concern of theirs. What got you interested in the topic in the first uh, place? Well, it goes back to, to around about 2015, 2016 time. I was with uh, the National Federation of Builders at the time, uh, and it was them who posed the question because they'd noticed in some of their membership that um, insolvency was, was seemingly more frequent at the time, and they were, they were concerned as to why... Why that was, and someone said, "How resilient is our is our sector?" But that coincided as well. Actually, British Standards issued uh, a standard in twenty fourteen around organisational resilience, and we, there was some research in that report which showed that there was levels of uh, resilience gaps across all sectors, um, but it didn't really specify whether that was in construction or not. So we carried out some research just to find out what the levels of resilience were. And one of the first things we found we stumbled across was the fact that 
construction is consi consistently ranked first uh, in terms of numbers of insolvencies each year, around about 3,000 firms a year. Mm. And, and it, it actually, COVID aside, has stemmed the flow a little bit, but we're around about that three to three and a half thousand firms a year going, going insolvent. And something like Carillion um, highlighted that fact because mm. that was a major collapse, you know, significant seven billion pounds worth of debt, 450 public sector projects in its, in its order book that were, were, were which collapsed as a, as a result of that. So I, as a management consultant, um, specif you know, specialising in, in the construction sector, I took the opportunity to, at that point, write the, write the report, just expose, it was an expose report, if you like to say, mm -hmm. we're not resilient. Um, we've, it's maybe something we've, it, it's in our blind spot, what, but at the same time, what is resilient and what does it mean to the sector and how do we, we approach it? So that was the, 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 the early part of it. I then became involved in a, a CITB funded programme called Be Resilient, where we went around the country and did a series of workshops with leadership groups and, and, and such like, and just got further and further into the conversation of, of resilience. And that's now moved on to some deeper level research where I'm looking at the theoretical model of resilience and trying to transpose that into um, the organisations of our sector because at the, at the moment it's quite a nuanced concept mm -hmm. um, which needs the layers peeling back a bit and then formulating in a way that our sector can understand so that's that's my aim so what you're hoping then from an output of your research is to have a bit of a framework where um, construction organizations specifically can pick it up and ask themselves the question of am I resilient and how can I be more resilient yeah it, it's, it's exactly that that's what I want to, to achieve because some confusion as well. A lot of people, when I entered the conversation around resilience, there's a lot of there's a bit of overlap, but not much. But people um, confuse resilience with business continuity. Now, business just to be defined the two. Business continuity is about understanding the risks or the likely risks that can impact on your organisation, and then having management structures in place to cope with disruptive events if if they should occur, and that's a momentary coping mechanism. Resilience is a more longer term, a more nuanced um, game plan, if you like, in terms of, I mean, the, the British standard definition is an organisation, if I can get this right, an organisation's ability to anticipate, prepare, respond and adapt to both a sudden and incremental um, changes in its environment. So that's, it's a longer game plan, it's, more, it's a more a strategic imperative that all organisations should, should have and embedded within their, their structures. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, it's slightly different, and yet what I want to do is, is take it from that nuanced um, concept of resilience, because if you, if you read the British standard, they point you towards lots of management systems, from business continuity to quality management, safety management, information security, all these things. So you know you can bulk yourself up on management systems, but is that really going to make you resilient? Mm -hmm. It's about understanding what I want to do with my research is understand the complex system of a construction firm and understand those structures that do make it adaptable and more res resilient because from a theoretical perspective resilience is a function of your vulnerability and your ability to change and all firms large or small are, are, are vulnerable mm -hmm. in certain moments mm -hmm. and it's their ability to adapt and respond in those moments whether it's incremental or sudden to change and, and, and build resilience. Because the other thing about makes resilience some, somewhat complex in its, in, its, uh, in its form is you're not resilient or not resilient 
you are just more or less resilient. Yeah. And it's having an understanding of that. See that, um, it's interesting that the industry, as you say, is not resilient if you look at the stats, yeah. you know, lots of insolvencies and stuff like that, but that um, flexibility um, to adapt to change, you know, you look at the um, COVID, um, you look at going back to the financial shocks of uh, you know, 2008 and the likes, construction has some reputation of being flexible in the way that you know we have a fairly transient and mobile workforce we have an ability to ramp up and ramp down um, but it's all under a knife edge is essentially what we're saying it is because it, the the term insolvency is collapse you know it, it's an unforeseen collapse in turn mm-hmm. so to be a, a sector that has more insolvencies than any other sector means that we're not seeing the the moment that we collapse we may be hanging on don't don't get me wrong but it's understanding what what is it that we're not we're not responding to because if you know you're going to collapse then in good time you then can respond can't you mm-hmm. but we're not really somehow in our business models are not responding in time yeah. so um and it's not just about avoiding collapse the the definition of um, resilience is is long-term survival and prosperity so it's a competitive competitive advantage so that you can build resilience into your organization so that you're constantly succeeding mm-hmm. i mean that should be the ultimate and that the interesting thing for me as a management consultant that was the moment that i realized that actually this this approach is the ultimate competitive advantage because if you can embed that into your your firm your organization then you've got a better chance than the rest uh, at long-term success so as a management consultant who focuses on competitive advantage change you know you and i have been around the change agenda for a good mm-hmm. decade or so now so Resilience is a is a fundamental. It's a foundation to achieving those changes. And you know, you and I will sit here, could sit here till Christmas, talk about the lack of change in our sector. Yes, there's flexibility. Maybe there's some agility in the marketplace, um, but those those can change based on the nature, shape, and form of the organisation. You'll see some that can't, and some that can. And it, it's it's understanding how we do that rather than. And it's all short term, really, isn't it? Where we, we we can maybe overcome the short term, but long term um, isn't something that we're very good at managing, considering, and building those you know relationships that help you for a long term, and building a, a, a process and a, a management team for the long term, yeah. a strategy for the long term. You know, yeah. All those things that it's, you're right, we've spoken about for a long time. Never mind in the last couple of weeks and months when we when, when I've been part of one of your uh, uh, focus groups. Focus yeah. groups. Um, we are as an industry not very good at long term but um, is there an industry that is good is part of your research comparing us to other industries or are you very focused on just no, I'm, I'm, I, I mean I've left I'm, my research is not trying to explain our situation in terms of where we stand in, mm-hmm. in, in other sectors I mean it's, it's quite crystal clear that we're top of the, the league in terms of insolvencies by some margin as well other sectors you know the, 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 the graph goes it's almost exponential. You get to construction and we go up. So it, 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 I'm not trying to look at other sectors and, and compare them. I think, mm-hmm. um, it's, I think where my research is, is trying to stand out is to contextualise. Because the theoretical uh, landscape understands what resilience is, whether that's an ecological system or a social system. The theory is the same. And then you look into uh, different business sectors. Again, where the standards are and where the theoretical literature is, it's just in a broad sense. What I've taken the opportunity to do and where my research is going is saying, well, construction is an obvious problem, 
maybe we just need to understand that contextual situation. And, and again, my research is not trying to explain that situation, but I've taken a design, a design science research approach where I'm looking for pragmatic solutions mm -hmm. to how we can, or how my, whether it's a conceptual model or a framework, can intervene in the sector to, to, do, to, to achieve better outcomes. Because I guess it's very easy, um, you know, when we're talking about insolvencies, uh, it's very easy to jump to a conclusion. It's very easy to jump to poor margins and cash. Yeah. Cash being the key thing, you, you know, a steady flow of cash isn't something that um, the industry is good at. You know, we've had long, uh, many a report about poor payment terms and yeah. all of this type of stuff. But that is a symptom as much as anything else of structural issues um, that, that it, cause it. Exactly, and, 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 and this is where my research is going beyond this, because there's a, there's a term known as the cybernetics when we talk about organisational science, and that's the ability for the system to feed feedback causality into itself and be able to respond. Now, I know the next phase of my research will go looking into organisations and looking at that, that the cybernetics of the organisation. How does it um, feedback on its situation? Because it's that feedback, that causality loop that, that must be broken somewhere because if we're going to have organisations that don't see collapse, then there must be no feedback coming into the organisation. And is cash the only indicator that we're using and is cash a good enough indicator because what I would hope to come out of this is some sort of framework where we can understand what resilience indicators look like and it might be different for individual firms and it might be uh, and they use those indicators in different ways but as if if we had indicators that gave us more than cash and profit and turnover mm -hmm. which I know that's what the industry by and large uses yeah. what other indicators should we be um, highlighting and saying actually if you've got those indicators into your into your feedback loop, then you would have a better chance of seeing what's what's ahead of you. And um, what about uh, sort of position in the value chain, as it were? You know, tier ones, uh, subcontractors, product manufacturers. Are, are there clear trends that the data shows there, or it's still too early to tell? Again, I'm not looking too much at that, and I, 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 I'm I've taken a broad a broad perspective on the marketplace. Uh, whether you're tier one, tier two, you're all in that all in that marketplace situation. And it's about building up some um, pragmatic solutions that give wh wherever you are in that system um, the opportunity to understand that system and perform better in that system. Because that's, and that's where this takes you. When you get to such a complex and nuanced area, you have to treat it as a whole system and a, and a complex system. And that's where the trouble begins, if you like, because I think in construction, and, and it, it, it's human instinct to do this, is try and break complexity down to simplicity. So things like uh, cash indicators are simple to understand, and that's how we drive our, our organisations. Whereas if we need to understand more complexity, then maybe we need more, more, more uh, indicators to come through. So that's where I'm taking it, and I'm hoping it will be applied at all tiers. And um, I mean, from sort of what you're saying, um, you know, what we are um, hoping the research will uh, show you as well is that, you know, if you're a more resilient organisation, you're a better organisation, you're a better run company, that you've got more opportunity for future growth, prosperity and, and all those good things. I would like to think that, you know, we're, uh, one of the things, take Caribbean for example, you know, we would hope now going forward that procurement will want to place long-term orders, long-term relationships with firms that are showing those resilience patterns and, mm -hmm. and, and driving their firms. Because 
the Caribbean collapse was significant and it's still been paid for. It's, you know, last time accounting was costing the public sector 200 to 300 million pounds just alone in, in resolving its issues. But there would have been more knock-on effects, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, I, I, what was the question again? What did I get the question? <laughs> a more resilient business is a better business. Yeah, it, it, it should be. And it's a competitive advantage. Again, the research that British Standards did and we did for, with Constructing Excellence showed that 65% of leaders believe resilience is, is, a, is a key competitive advantage moving forward. And, hey, COVID's happened. People, you know, people are, uh, are, are recognised, I mean, the word resilience gets bounded about on every, um, in every aspect of life right now. So it, it is, it, it should build better businesses. It should be, it, it is part of the build, uh, build Back Better conversation. Mm-hmm. It is all those things. We just need to figure out how. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, a, in, in, um, in that sense and actually what, where we are as well but probably as a result of Covid other things digital we're probably facing the most transformative decade of, of, of a generation mm-hmm. all business models you know and um, and that's there's two challenges there is how do we transform but secondly an opportunity in the fact that we've got the opportunity to get more data mm-hmm. into that feedback system you know, a lot of organisations are driven heuristically with, with you know, symptomatic sets of data. Do they pull that super levels of data together in order to give a, a better understanding? Because it's really interesting. Following the banks collapse in 2008, they introduced stress testing. Mm. So yeah, all banks are periodically stress tests. And it's stress tests with data. So these banks are understanding scenarios that are happening in the world and they're able to reflect on those scenarios, extract the data from their organisation, and give a, an impression of essentially their resilience. And, you know, so you know, and that gives confidence to the markets and confidence to the economy. So, can we do that in construction? Can we stress well, test the construction firm? And I guess procurement, that's really procurement. because yeah, yeah. procurement at the moment, your financial KPIs and thinking, you know, what is your turnover? Is it? four times the size of the contract and they always, yeah. so what? So what? Yeah, <laughs> whereas you're right, some uh, more data focused, stress test, um, you know, the, um, oh, the, the, uh, the markets, you know, the double A rating, triple A rating, all those yeah. sort of things, you, you know, yeah. how should we invest in, in this company? Because that's what you're doing in many ways in, with procurement, isn't it? You are, yes, you fine, are. you're wanting a, a, an outcome, something to be built, but you're investing your capital in, in the belief that they can help you do that. Because the other thing to appreciate about resilience is, and this is where I, I think constructions, the emphasis on the construction marketplace may have missed a trick, if you like, I would like to think that. But resilience is about understanding your internal environment. So understanding how you perform in an external environment. Now in construction, the constructing excellence agenda and, and the change agenda is all about altering that external environment so it's maybe less harsh and less hazardous mm-hmm. to the organisation. You know, being it's a safer environment for them to perform. But all external environments are subject to change and hazardous. You speak to anybody in, in retail or banking, they'll say their marketplace is fast moving, mm-hmm. it's hazardous, and we have to respond to that, that challenge. Construction firms should have the same mindset. They've got to accept that it's a challenging environment, but what they should, the focus should be on is building resilience from within and not asking the market to change on its behalf. Now that's a lot, if you think about it, a lot of frameworks have all been about setting KPIs on project level performance. 
for the customer. That's the customer perspective. That doesn't that doesn't alter the. Well, it's not always the right customer, though, is it? I mean, I think at times we're we're not very good at identifying who our true customer is. Yeah. You know, all this work that has been done, especially in the last few years, more so uh, around what does value mean, the value yeah. framework, all these type of things. You, you know, they're they're helping us just better understand yeah. the environment and what we're really trying to do. I think we're quite poor as an industry in general of really answering the question: What's the point yeah. of what we're building yeah. at times? Because we transform people's lives for good. We do most of the time. Well, <laughs> we do. Uh, but we, yeah, poor at answering uh, what is the real question we're trying to answer in the first place. And, and you're right. You know, sometimes is the change agenda really trying to change the right thing? Yeah. I guess is what you're trying to say there, isn't it? Yeah, I'm saying we've got to build resilient business models mm-hmm. that can perform well. To the, to the value the customer. At the moment we've got, I would say, well the indicators show that we've got less resilient business models performing not as, as well as we want to in the customer perspective. And that's what I'm hoping to change, just as we as humans have had to become more resilient to COVID, mm-hmm. can the construction sector become more resilient to the hazardous marketplace that it is? Can the firms themselves build their resilience? It's And, like, and is it, so, you know, thinking of the change agenda then, so um, is it that resilience is something that only organisations can change and improve at, or is it something that an industry can become better at? It's an interesting question. Lots of people do get to that point. Can we look at the whole mm. system and say, okay, the built environment, let's build resilience from start to finish? I think that's what we've been trying to do and asking all the, the participants in that supply chain to adjust their policies for a smoother ride. <laughs> but we don't seem to get there, do we? No. And, the, and, the, and, and, the, and where it really falls down, the keystone in all this, is when a contractor who, who you know, the contractor has the, is, the, is the place where all the money goes through and then gets distributed out, distributed out to the supply chain. And any collapse in that moment has a massive knock-on effect. And all, you know, from our societal input, input or environmental input, or economical input, it all gets destroyed in that moment. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, 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 again, that's, that's looking, it's almost where we've been, is looking at whole perspective, getting better procurement, better contractors, better supply chain. And, and I'm not saying they, they don't feature in a resilient environment, they certainly do. But this is about taking a, a resilient perspective from that driving seat. Because in actual fact, the, the tier ones will, in order to build greater resilience, we'll have to integrate supply chains. We'll have to have those demand signals going up and down and those indicators coming through that supply chain in order to, you know, that, that pass that feedback system will give them that resilience. So Get your house in order first. It's one of the same thing, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, it, it, it's, it's just creating, it, some of this is resilient mindsets, some of this is processes and systems that achieve that, and, and some of that is, is, yeah, is culture and behaviour of the industry. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's easy, isn't it? I mean, as an industry to, to turn and say, well, I can't do that if others don't. I mean, it's so often with the change agenda, you hear, well, it needs the clients to do something first. But if you look at Carillion, you know, I, I know government procurement and everything isn't perfect, but it is one of the better ones. Yeah. You know, I'm sure in terms of that change agenda and what we want to see in terms of payment and collaboration, I'm sure a lot of Carillion's work here in the UK would have been on good terms. Yes. Compared yeah. to a lot of it. So yeah. we can't yeah. say that no. you need your own house in order, first and foremost, like you say, before 
the external environment can because um, it'll just emphasize I guess one it will highlight the good and the bad of your own um, your own processes procedures and your own resilience yeah, yeah. and it's it's each each and you know we have to accept we are a system a whole system and there's individual participants in that in that supply chain and it's building that resilience from within mm-hmm. in each of those the, in each of those um, subsystems if you like because they're just sy- subsystems and where people interact where processes interact um, and systems interact as well so it, 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 it's it, it, it's looking at that level gearing up you know what I want to do is you know look down the line what, what is reality the situation is be able to go into organisations and say well this is where you are on that resilience spectrum you, you're, the way you're behaving the way you you organise essentially it's an organisational science mm-hmm. um, these are the changes you need to make in order to build, build your resilience and um, hopefully that will will, will will transpire hopefully so um, I think we've been talking for a while already, but just uh, sort of quickly, if we uh, sort of summarise where you are on your research journey. Yeah, um, it's uh, so I'm doing a, a it's like almost front foot research. So um, I've done a lot of the COVID slowed me down a little bit, so I had to turn to chat based focus groups on, on LinkedIn uh, rather than face to face focus groups, which is really interesting and, and really good outcomes actually. Um, but I'm now stepping into the design phase where I'll be designing something to then um, trial out in the industry. So one or two firms I'll be working with in the next 12 months to actually implement a conceptual model or framework um, that actually moves them in the direction of, of greater resilience and then I'll be able to write it all up and give it to the world in 2023. All right, well, we look forward to uh, hearing more about the outcomes. Um, you never know, potentially using uh, some of the outcomes yeah. uh, here at Invent with some of our customers. Um, but it's been a, a very insightful, a very enjoyable conversation as always, Tim. Uh, what we'll do is we'll put your contact details in the uh, blurb uh, yeah. for today's podcast. Uh, if anyone is interested uh, in hearing yes, more, um, are you interested in finding more organisations wanting yeah, to support? Wants to contact me, um, you know, and anything is any any contact with the industry is great for me in this moment. So please contact me. Fantastic, thank you. So uh, to all our listeners and viewers uh, today, thank you for tuning in. Uh, We hope that you uh, enjoyed uh, this week's episode. Uh, Please do remember to like, subscribe and share. Um, If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast or looking to collaborate in other ways, please visit our website, www.invent.com. The link is in the description. Uh, Fill out a contact form so one of our team can get in touch. Uh, So, uh, as always, thank you for joining us and see you next time. Want to learn more about how Invent can help your business maximize its bottom line? Head on over to www.invent.com and get in touch with our team today. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.